All right, here we go. <laughs> I feel so nervous. <laughs> Bro, you were shaking. When you, said, you heard it in my voice? Here we go. Yeah, I do hear it in your voice, bro. the beanie and i'm stepping up to the mic come on (laughs) man all right so we want to say welcome back to everybody this is joshua suh you are now listening to la ventanita podcast yeah yeah and my name is jeremy elibaraona and i am a co-host alongside the armor bearer of armor bearers (laughs) Josh, the myth, who looks like Eminem, but the Korean version. So, and man, we're we're doing this podcast uh, because I'm a church planter. Josh is um, doing ministry in Chicago, and I'm a church planter on the south side of West Palm Beach. We're really, really good friends. Uh, are we on best friend status? I think or, we're we're beyond that. We're beyond that. We are beyond that. Brotherhood. We're, well, I mean, I got a lot of best friends. <laughs> Not that you replace them or they replace you. I'm just saying. No, no, no. Anyways. I, I don't want anybody to listen in and think that they're being replaced. <laughs> yes, but the only reason why you... you Well, yeah, you can't be replaced, but... The only reason why I would maybe question that is because you haven't come to West Palm Beach. So I just need to know, have you booked your ticket That's yet? That's true, man. I have not booked my ticket yet. I know I need to. And these days are getting cold. I know you're, you've are you been enjoying the sandy hills. I, I think there's hills in, in West Palm Beach. Yeah, are kinda. there hills? I mean, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, man. We've been we've been getting hit with some with some snow and cold weather over here in Chicago. So definitely need to plan that trip ASAP. It, it's been cold over here too, and it's crazy because we don't have central AC in my crib, and uh, we've been cold. So I actually bought a space heater recently because it's like fifty degrees, or it was fifty degrees over the weekend. But anyways, that's nothing like Chicago. So I'm not gonna make it even seem like it's anything compared. To what you're going through right now. So Man, I, I wish I just had a taste of what you're going through. <laughs> <laughs> you could just take a flight. Man, I should. You were you were telling me earlier though in our conversation, you guys went out tonight, right? We did go out tonight. Yeah, we were on the west side of West Palm. Mm-hmm. Kind of southwest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What'd you guys do? We hit up a food truck. Oh man. De Venezuela. It was on point. Man, some good arepas? We didn't have arepas. I had a, a Venezuelan hot dog. Man. But yeah, we'd like to give uh, a major shout out. A major shout out alert. Shout uh, out. <laughs> to World Outspoken. <laughs> Another one. I, I kind of screeched on that. Another one. <laughs> And another one. Another one, that's right. We'd like to give a major shout out to uh, World Outspoken who partnered key. with us. Yes, they partnered with us and provided the platform to record and release these episodes. Uh, World Outspoken has an archive of thought-provoking articles in addition to podcasts that prepare the Mestizo Church 
for cultural change. I'm, I'm going to translate that in Florida lingo. So basically, World Outspoken, it gave us the keys. <laughs> they put it in our hands. And we opened the doors. And now we're in the building. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you loyal, world I spoken. You smart for picking us up. Another one. <laughs> Anyways, so check this out. We just want to remind you, this is episode numero dos. Uh, this podcast is a sort of digital ventanita where we give away, not sell, food for thought. I was talking to my cuz, mi prima, and uh, she was like, yo, on the first episode, you said you were selling food for thought. She's like, aren't you like a pastor or something like that? You know, mm. you shouldn't be, you know, selling the word. I was like, man, you're kind of right about that. Hey, there's truth in that. I was playing, but you're you're right about that, cuz. Right. So, anyways, this is a place where you get a window ventanita into the process of starting a church, um, a church that we're calling the Light West Palm Beach. And it's actually legal. We're non-profit, 501c3, all of that. All right. Um, but we're the church. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't mean to make it sound like we're just like calling it randomly <laughs> the Light West Palm Beach. But yeah, Sounds and sus, bro. I know, I know. <laughs> um, no, but we're, we're a legitimate church and uh, we're a new church in West Palm Beach, and uh, we're just going to talk about the process of starting it in this first season. Uh, And when we first started, we had so many ideas about what this podcast would be about. Mm -hmm. We're glad that this is what we landed on. Absolutely, man. So today on this episode, we want to talk about Alcanzando la Comunidad, the good and bad. (laughs) Say it again, Josh. And say it with emphasis. Just for you, bro. Alcanzando la comunidad. Come on. The good and bad. Yeah. Yeah. What what does Man. alcanzando mean? Do you know what that means? I I remember it. I'm forgetting the what it what it means. So you said it right, but you don't know mm-hmm. what it means. I'm gonna tell you what it means. Come on. That means reaching, reaching the community. Reaching or the outreach. Community. Man. So before we actually go into that conversation, just wanted to uh, remind our listeners uh, some of the segments that we have. So we're going to talk, this one's called La Plena, which is an Ecuadorian phrase that means for real. Talk about it. For real. So tell Mm -hmm. us, man, uh, I want to frame our conversation. I know you like these. I know you like frameworks. (laughs) So I want to talk about. Uh, framing our conversation before we dive into some of these questions. Wait, but hold um, on. Yeah. So for those who might be tuning in for the first time, you might be saying like, why do they have like this Ecuadorian slang? I'm half Ecuadorian, just FYI, but continue. Yeah, because <laughs> they they're going to be like, how does this uh, Korean dude know what these Ecuadorian <laughs> phrases are? And they're like, why Ecuador, right? Like, But yeah, yeah, right. I'm half Ecuadorian. Yes. Yeah. So I want to frame our conversation, man. Uh, what is outreach? Yeah, so I recently heard this definition. I thought it was really dope um, because it, it really captured what I believe outreach is from from the Bible. 
Uh, so what what this definition said is that outreach is everything that we do to help God's kingdom become a reality here on mm. earth. Mm. So maybe maybe real quick for somebody who isn't familiar with like church lingo, mm. what how would you break it down for them? Yeah, so so I would say first and foremost, the Bible shows that God is establishing his kingdom Mm -hmm. here on earth. Um, But when we look around, obviously it doesn't seem like God's kingdom is here because the bro, this world is, is really, really broken. Mm -hmm. Uh, So um, outreach in some sense, or in every sense, I believe is a vehicle by which we are seeking to be God's witnesses via a proclamation of the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it's also a participation in the restoration of things. Um, so what that looks like is uh, feeding the hungry, mm. uh, taking care of um, emotional uh, kind of trauma that people go through. It's uh, doing things like providing a safe place where youth could go and hang out after school. Mm-hmm. Um, as a church, and it also looks like evangelizing, telling people about Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, why is outreach important for the Light West Palm Beach? So, so the the primary task of the church, I believe, is to make disciples or make followers um, of Jesus. And mm-hmm. for the Light, when we think about our community, the South Side of West Palm Beach, uh, we we really aim to make disciples that are from the community and for it. Uh, mm-hmm. And that means that we want to serve uh, the community. Um, we want to participate in the restoration of all things in the community with God. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want to tell people about Jesus. And in doing so, uh, really, we are not only being disciples, but we're inviting people to be disciples of Jesus and mm-hmm. teaching them that Following Jesus is not just about us growing spiritually, but it's actually becoming actors, fellow actors with one another Mm -hmm. in the restoration of all things. So that's why outreach is important because we want to reach people and we also want to invite them to do that work with us to kind of summarize that. Guys, we were kind of talking about um, this episode. You know, you we've had a chance to sit down. You know, you're you're sharing updates with me about what this journey is like for you before we even record some of these episodes. So let's give it to the listeners, man. ¿Qué está pasando? What's happening? Like outreach wise or just in my life in general, which I mean, <laughs> you got the mic, bro. Feel, you got I, the mic. I feel like outreach is my life. You got the mic. And, and if outreach in your life, then Ooh. you're wasting your life. Come on. See, we got the keys. <laughs> World Outspoken gave us the keys. That's right. And we put it in their hand. Nah, right, let me stop. Let me stop playing. <laughs> but yeah, so so what's happening with, with outreach with, with the light? Uh so so man, we we've done a ton of things. So so one of the things that we when we first came into the community, um, and if you heard the first episode, I think we talked about how I grew up in this area, was in Chicago for 14 years, and moved back. 
six months ago and in some sense uh, almost parachuted back in. So in many ways, my wife and I, we're, we're outsiders. Uh, so we wanted to first see what God was already doing in the community. Um, we wanted to see, man, what are, what are the, the broken aspects of the community? And one of the things that we noticed is this sense of like camaraderie was missing, at least in our immediate apartment complex. Mm. Uh, we just noticed people just didn't hang out. So what we started doing was we did neighborhood barbecues. Another thing that we noticed was, um, and man, after school, like around three o'clock, you just see a whole bunch of youth everywhere just hanging out. Uh, many of them unsupervised by parents um, and many of them like soccer. So we did a four week uh, soccer outreach where we played soccer, shared the Bible or talked about the Bible and then played soccer again. Um, and then we wanted to serve the, the local public school. Uh, many times teachers um, in the public school system, I think everywhere are overworked, um, understaffed. Uh, so we wanted to volunteer um, at the public schools. And then, man, we just wanted to be a presence any and everywhere. So we wanted to be at the Ventanita. Uh, we wanted to get to know people. We wanted them to know us. And really the measure of, I guess, success, if you will, um, is them knowing our names. And the reason why we consider that mm. outreach is because sometimes people are just lonely. So we need friendships. Um, and not that we're like the saviors of people's loneliness, but I think that sometimes outreach could be just as simple as just being a presence and being being friendly and being kind. Uh, so yeah, more than anything, like we wanted to do outreach um, in order to to see if the community would give us the space to get to know them. Um, and we wanted to overcome any no fly zone policy that the barrio had, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if there's no fly zone, but hopefully if there is, we, we, we overcame that. Yeah. So you, you briefly, I think you briefly mentioned this, but I, I want to ask it so you can kind of get a little bit deeper, but yeah, how, how and why did you settle on these specific areas? Like getting involved with the schools, you know, having a, a local soccer outreach, um, neighborhood barbecues. How, how, how did you get to landing on those are the areas that you wanted to focus in on for outreach and why those particular areas? Hmm. That's a good question. Yeah. So, so in, in church planting, whenever you're starting a church, um, it's, it, it it's easy if you're like a really gifted like preacher teacher um and people know you in church context to grow or to start even really big by transfer growth and i'm not knocking anybody who starts that way but personally for us we really wanted to start grassroots we wanted the the church to really look like the community and in many ways plant the church from evangelism not plant the church and then do evangelism or then mm. tell people about Jesus. Right. Right. Um, so, so for us, we wanted to see, man, what were the spaces that in one sense would welcome us? Mm -hmm. And then two, in some sense, what are the spaces that kind of fit our personality? Right. Mm -hmm. That were in some sense natural for us to intersect with. Yeah. So for us, it was the schools. 
Um, it was La Ventanita. It was mm-hmm. where we lived. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we like to walk around, right? So we're trying to intersect with people um, because we like to ra- walk around. It just made sense. Yeah. And I like I like the way that you said that your measure of success is that they knew your names, really highlighting that relationship with the community is important. Because I think a lot of times, to me at least, what I observe many churches and the, their methods of outreach and evangelism, it's not so much to get to know their neighbors as it is to get the numbers in their church, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think they miss out on the importance of relationship of being, like you said, being a familiar face in the community um, and learning some of the ins and outs, learning some of the dynamics of, you know, what are some of the, the values of those communities too, which kind of leads me to my next question. And I guess even before I ask that question, you also did say that you and your wife, you guys came into the community as outsiders. Yeah. So I imagine with that, there's barriers that are up and hurdles that you have to overcome. Um, and you're wanting to step into the community and feel like you're welcomed into the community. So I wanted to ask, what are some of the tensions that you're experiencing and feeling that feel like holdups in your outreach? Yeah, so so in our neighborhood, man, trust is big, mm-hmm. right? It's not. It's not just like, what value you can bring, but like, is it, are you actually a trustworthy person? Hmm. Right. So, so I, I think some tensions, or I guess first an internal tension that I have is that many times uh, the way that we measure church success is, is almost like a business sometimes to be real, right? Like, you know, how many butts do you have in the seat mm-hmm. at your Bible study? Right. Right. And sometimes that might be expedited if you have just a really dope church network. Um, and, mm-hmm. and again, I don't want to knock that. I know brothers and sisters who do that well and, and, and praise God for that. Uh, but that's not the route that we necessarily felt called to. And and even just to keep it 100, we, we didn't even have when we came, <laughs> you know, because um, mm-hmm. many of the Christians that we knew just didn't necessarily want to be in in the neighborhood. So internal tension that I had was, man, like, yo, I'm not seeing immediate fruit right away. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I have to gain trust before I'm even, in many ways, telling people about Jesus. Of course, the Holy Spirit, God leads me to, to talk to people, you know, immediately. Mm-hmm. Um but then there's other times, man, where it's just wiser just to gain trust because mm-hmm. there's negative perceptions about Christians even sometimes if if they're unchurched. So, man, just wrestling with the fact like, man, I'm, am I a failure? Because mm-hmm. I don't have like, you know, a 40 people start out core team, you know, like, man, am I a failure? Right. Um, And, and, and I'd be lying to say if I, just, I, I don't wrestle with that on a daily, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I mean I I don't know I mean there's other tensions that I have but yeah that's that's just the first one that comes to mind yeah I, I think you're what you're experiencing is a real tension and hurdle that you're trying to overcome 
Um, and I think gaining trust in the community is often overlooked by whether it's church planters or maybe even like people who are trying to revitalize a church because it kind of assumes that they have something that they're bringing into the community that there's they're offering something that the community quote-unquote doesn't have right whereas they don't go through the process to you know learn about who is in the community what is actually there in the community kind of like you're saying you want to raise up a church from within the community and have it look like built up by people in the community right and and there's already a lot of good things happening in the community right right right, right? so like i'm like i think it would, we would we wouldn't be doing the neighborhood justice if if we come in kind of like yo we're here to fix you mhm you know mm-hmm. what I mean? If if anything, we want to amplify that. Man, the good things that you do have, God has given you all that. Right. Right. We just want to point them to, if if they don't know Jesus, we we, we want them to, to see like, yo, know, God has actually given you the these gifts, these talents. Yeah. So, so I often have to be reminded, man, I, I'm actually on their turf, if mm-hmm. you will. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you're you're trying to participate with what's already going on, and it it seems I mean it it in many ways it's like you want to be welcomed in rather than having to be like hold up, who are you why why are you here like we didn't want you to be in our community. Yeah, because I, I, I think neighborhoods like mine where I, they smell that from a distance, mm. right? So like. They'll call you on your bluff. I don't know other communities, but like mm-hmm. in my neighborhood, they'll they'll call you on that. Yeah, you know. Man. Yeah. So that's like, I mean that's just the internal thing that I struggle with though, like because uh-huh. because of that, you know, reaching people with the gospel takes time. So what? I guess what are what are some what are some tensions then with your ongoing outreach that you've seen so far and that. It, it might be even contributing to some of those feelings of failure. Yeah. So, so two things that kind of stick, stick out to me. So, so right now, uh, we're kind of post the, the after school soccer outreach. Um, mm. this was something that I just noticed, man, in the neighborhood, a lot of kids play soccer. I used to play soccer let's let's play soccer with them right and let's 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 make it official to some degree um we did a tournament at the end of the year last year and yo it was a dope tournament i thought until the end when i realized that mo- most of the the students seemingly were mad at me because we picked the teams for them mm. and they felt like it wasn't fair. And ever since then, yo, when I stepped to the, to the, to the soccer field, yo, some of them just like straight avoid me. Now, I don't know if it's connected to that. I, mm. I mean, but I'm just like, I don't know what else it would be. And I'm like, yo, are y'all mad at me? Cause y'all lost. And now it, seemingly that's what it is, but I actually don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, that that's just something that, in in many ways, like I, I, I didn't know, how, I don't know how to deal with, right? Like, yeah. man, did I lose trust because I picked 
teams for y'all, you know, and uh, man, we built such a great relationship. So in many ways, man, I'm heartbroken about that. And then the other thing is, man, we don't, even if we wanted to right now, we don't even have a feel no more because of city politics and scheduling and some of it I understand, some of it I don't understand. Um, and that's not a knock on the city. It's just, it just is what it is. So I'm like anxious. Mm-hmm. I'm anxious about how, how they might perceive me. Like kind of like on the one hand, like, man, this dude set me up to lose that soccer game. And you know, maybe to them that's like a big deal. Right. Um, and then on the other hand, I feel a certain way because I'm like, yo, I, I don't, I don't want to discontinue the soccer thing mm-hmm. and then look at me like, yo, this dude is just like everybody else, you know, mm. here for these many weeks and then gone. Like a short term missionary. Oh, hey. <laughs> I didn't say that. You said that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Josh is going to be starting his Yo. own podcast. He's going to be talking about all the controversial stuff in Christianity. Hey, La Plena for you, bro. La Plena. <laughs> La Plena. Oh, snap. Man. Oh, man. But But you know what, though? Can I tell you another thing I struggle with? Yeah. Because we we want to, we feel called to build this thing organically. Mm-hmm. Um, we've noticed that even as we do that, some people in our community, we're in a mostly Latino community. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, I wouldn't say that I, that I know are atheists. Um, probably they have some sort of spiritual background, even if they don't, believe in the gospel and some of them have even if they're unchurched i've noticed that they they still hold to some formal aspects of a church or community service in mind mm. right so when i come up to them and i'm like yo i'm a pastor starting mm-hmm. a church the first thing most people ask me is like so where's your church at and i'm like uh oh. we meet on wednesdays at my apartment, it's like, all right, well, uh, hit me up when you really got your church, though. Um, so, uh. so it's a tug of war between meeting the community where they are, even if they mm-hmm. have those perceptions, and my own desires and beliefs to 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 demonstrate, like, yo, the church is not a building; it's it's the people and all of that. So, man, it just makes things hard to plan. So, besides being like, yo, what is how am I being perceived? It's like, yo, it's just hard to plan sometimes formal and informal things because you're just like, yo, mm-hmm. how is this going to be received? And I don't want to be a people pleaser, but those things are hard to get past, man, if I'm honest right now. Yeah. Yeah, so you're having to like wrestle through some of what people already assume of what a church is, right? Because it sounds like when people say, so where's your, like, what time do you meet on Sunday services? Where's your church at? Like you said, they might not be on church, but they already have some kind of understanding of this is what a church is supposed to be. And I mean, to be honest, I think that's that's that speaks more to 
um, what the church has valued, which is the four walls, which is which are um, how many people fill the seats in the sanctuary, and it's shifted away from the focus of you know outreach and evangelism, right? Yeah, I think so. So I think so, and I, I think to I, I mean I don't know a ton about. Roman Catholicism, but it seems like in my neighborhood, many people are nominally mm-hmm. Roman Catholic, right? So, like, there's a sense of formality, I think, that comes mm-hmm. with that. If 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 that's that's what you were born with, born uh, born believing or attending, and now you don't. I I mean, I don't know, uh, but those are things that, man, I'm just kind of trying to navigate. Right, mm-hmm. like, man, I, well, do we seem more legit if we do go more formal? <laughs> yeah. Or do we do we just stay informal? And I think it's a little bit of both. But mm-hmm. just to be real, we're we're just reassessing everything because we've done so much in a six month span. I actually think that we need to slow down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that that helps us with transitioning into the next. Uh, part that we want to talk about which is Ivos which is um because Jeremy is half uh Salvadorian <laughs> this phrase comes from El Salvador where they say Ivos it's a way of saying and you so yes. we want to the the way that we want to ask that question of Ivos is so how are you dealing with and wrestling through some of these tensions that you're experiencing so before I ask that question, I kind of want to ask it in two parts. The first one is because I know we also want to help, like for people who are listening, not everybody is familiar with church lingo. Mm-hmm. They're not familiar with, with Christian vocabulary. Right. So you're you're talking about outreach. You're talking about some of these tensions. So let's say for somebody who um, might not be familiar with the church setting, but they are familiar. They, they know like the business world. They know about entrepreneurship. Mm. Um, what? How? How would you say? How would you, uh, break it down for them so that they understand what you're experiencing? So then, that kind of leads us to the question: How are you reacting to those tensions? Yeah, man. So similar to many entrepreneurs that I know or have heard about, like man, when you're starting something, that you know, I think when we're all starting something, there's similarities in how we feel when things don't plan out, don't pan out the way you thought they would, or um, you have to be more patient, mm. right? And just kind of work your process. So I think that's where I'm at right now. So man, many, many times, if I'm honest, Josh, man, I'm, I'm confused about what to do next mm. um, and anxious because I don't have control over anything, right? Especially, I mean, with people coming to Jesus or people really recognizing that we love them and love the neighborhood. Like, like, man, it just takes time. You know, mm-hmm. on the other hand, sometimes I'm hopeful. Um, there's other times when I'm just tempted to do what's safe, which is to start like a really dope church production and tell everyone to come and mm-hmm. see and do that kind of thing instead of forming community on the neighborhood's turf. Yeah. And so I so I guess the way I've reacted is 
by freaking out sometimes, man. <laughs> you know, just to yeah. be real. But then on the other side, uh, we as a, a small community, very small community, we have dedicated time to pray and fast. And now mm. we're planning on how to create space, more space to evangelize people and invite them into our midweek Bible study. Because I forgot to say this. Yo, we, we had like, or we thought we would have like a, an initial team that would help us. We we thought we were at least going to have like five. Mm-hmm. We got here, yo. Everybody dropped, yo, <laughs> with the exception of one. So it was me, wifey, my boy Mario, and then my daughter was born. But then the crazy, the crazy thing is, and, and I, I say this, this is all God because the crazy thing is that we 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 really got to know the neighbor like we had no other choice mm. and we and and now by God's grace we've had people be like yo I'll, I'll go to a Bible study with you you know wow. um, not just to me to 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 many of us so like it's it just been hard in the sense that we, yo all right how, do we do something formal do we do something informal. How do we cultivate relationships uh, that are natural, but then at the same time, like, like yo, we we're limited in our team, but we mm. got, but the harvest is plentiful, <laughs> right? So, so yeah, man. I think there's, I think there's a Bible verse in there, or something like that. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> something like that, man. So, can I ask, is that because of the way that things are going in the sense like you don't know what you're doing or is that more because it's a slow process man so this is crazy so it's the latter it's a slow process mm-hmm. um and i don't want to make it seem like i know what i'm doing you know it's not it's not like that but in some sense, my wife was just telling me that she's like, man, baby, like, yo, you got a plan because like you really like I know you have a plan. I know you have a strategy and not like it's just me, but like it's like we have a plan. We have a strategy. Mm-hmm. But sometimes like you kind of come off like you don't, you know, what I mean, like um, mm. because you're trying to be like extra humble because you don't want to. You don't want to like sell anybody dreams like, yo, we got this going on and it's popping, you know, like, like she's like, man, like tell people you got a plan, <laughs> you know, like you do got a strategy, mm-hmm. but it's it's slow because we're doing it in a way that maybe somebody who's in China who who grew up in the States has like they're an outsider, right? They're going into China. It's going to take a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. Um so I think I think what freaks me out is one I don't have control about like mm. will this plan pan out the way I thought it will mm. or I thought it I think it should and on the other sense man sometimes I just fall prey to people's expectations yo man and and I be getting afraid if if I'm really really honest mm-hmm. no I mean it. I think that's a a real fear that people have, whether it's uh, you, like you, a church planter, or even people who are starting up. 
something from the ground up, whether it's a nonprofit, um, some kind of business, some sort of dream, right? I think this is the story of a lot of people. The fear is that the dream's gonna fail, right? And and I think for me, yo, this is the craziest thing. Ever since I had a daughter, I'm like, yo, I know me and my wife. Like my my wife is a ride or die, and she's she's down for whatever. Like as long as it's it's biblical and as long as it's <laughs> it's legal. <laughs> but when you have a baby, I'm just like, yo. We live in such a metrics-driven culture mm. Mm. that sometimes I'm like, yo, if people don't see the metrics that they want to see in the timetable that they have, mm. yo, are we going to lose our funding? And for me, I'm just like, yo, me and my wife, yo, we'll get jobs, right? Like outside of a pastoral vocation, but I'm like, yo, but now I have a daughter, mm. right? Could I do both things like at the same time if 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 people you know stop funding the church plant project like you know you just you know that just that just could be so stressful yo yeah and and i've been feeling like that and i think that adds to the pressure and I, man i'm just kind of processing now, now as i'm talking to you like that's stressful because now i'm like yo i, I can't abandon my family and be working like three different mm-hmm. jobs and plant the church, but at the same time, like, yo, if we're being funded, how do we steward that? Like, how do we steward that? And, and how do we, how do we manage people's expectations? Mm. You know, and then what if, what if that affects, you know, the dough? Yeah. No, that's real, man. Especially when you, when you have. The dough is money, by the way. Right. <laughs> For people who are unfamiliar with with urban terminology, <laughs> we just gave you a key, major key alert. But don't don't be using that if you never used it in the past, yo. You're just gonna sound funny to everybody, bro. You about to get an email or a text message that says, "Hey, Jeremy, just wanted to follow up to make sure that you got my dough." <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> Lord, please don't do that. Don't let them text me that, man. Well, just to kind of to to close off this this section, I I wanted to ask this question, and I think it alludes kind of back to what you mentioned earlier about how you measure success. Um, yeah, can you lean? In, can you can you talk a little bit more about that? Like, what have you learned during this process of outreach as you have measured success? Like, what is what does real success actually look like in this process of church planting? Things take time. God is really in control and you you got to just deal with that. Mm hmm. And I do think that there is a responsibility. It's not like I'm saying like, yo, things take time, you know, just do whatever you want. But I, I think it's it's a more a question of, are we measuring the right things? Mm. You know, and many times like, mm. I can't, in and of myself, I can't produce fruit. God could produce fruit. Yeah. Right? So I can't like fabricate fruit. Like, because mm-hmm. that really is a God thing. 
this is my perspective. I'm learning how to measure fidelity, right? Mm. So instead of measuring like, yo, how many people did I baptize this week? Uh, I'm I'm just learning to more measure like, yo, how many people did I take out to Cafecito at, at Havana's this week? Mm. Right. And like, what did I, what did we, what did we talk about? And how, how are we going to follow up on that? Yeah. Right. How many people did I invite into our Bible study? Right. Like, like those are things that I can control. Mm. I can't control if I'm inviting them all the time. And then it's just like, yo, they're standing me up. So, so yeah, man, I, I think I'm just learning how to measure my win by what I feel called to do and if I'm actually being responsible in doing it. Mm-hmm. What what comes to mind to me is what exactly are we measuring success to be? And I think a lot of times we put so much emphasis on conversion rather than being obedient to inviting someone to church, sharing the gospel with them, um, even just meeting up with them outside for a coffee just to kind of talk about these things. And I think we should go back and ask that question and rethink how we measure real success to be right in our reach. Yeah. I think it's more about consistency. What God has called you to do, not necessarily fabricating Mm -hmm. conversion numbers or something like that. I don't know. Right. But, but maybe that's just me and where I'm at. Mm -hmm. Let me say, let me say this too. Like, I think sometimes it's also good account. Like for me personally is, Man, how many times did we go out to the park and just show love to people? Mm. Right? Like, like, yeah. Like, you know, I think for me personally, like, I need to have some sort of goal. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, and I think that that's a good thing to do. Like, or how many yeah. times did we actually do the soccer outreach? Right. Right. When we could. Mm. Yeah. You don't want to just go out with no goal and be like, let's just see what happens. Right. <laughs> right? right. You want to set an expectation. Yeah. Right. Man, so I know as we've been talking this week about this episode. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Can I just say yeah. something that with this yeah, yeah. being said, man, I don't want to make it seem like we're experts. Like mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. know, this is the first time I'm a lead church planter. I've helped plant the church in the past, but like man, I'm not an expert. I, I just wanted to say that before we continue because I don't want people to look at it and be like, oh, I got to do this. Nah, yo, like do what no. God has called you to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and just to piggyback off that, I know we're not, we're not trying to tell people what to do. Like, oh, you are. I, I'm As much as we keep saying like, these are major key alerts. <laughs> <laughs> these are, these are just things that, you know, you're, we're, we're processing together as you're going through this church planting journey and it might work for someone it might not work for somebody else right Uh, we just know who holds the the key (laughs) (laughs) and it's not dj Khaled. it is not dj Khaled. (laughs) man so yeah we've been we've been you know talking i mean since you since you've uh flown back to West Palm Beach, Florida and I know especially this last week as we were talking about uh recording this episode and even some of the things that you've been um 
facing. Um, we were we were reflecting on this passage in Psalm forty six. It's um for for people who might not have their Bibles pulled up or <laughs> might not be familiar. But you should, with... and if you're but if you're driving, don't don't pull it up right now. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, but this is a psalm that really that reminds us about the security of God. Mm. Um, to many people, I know this this first verse is very familiar, um, and I know there are other parts in this chapter as well that that if we were to read these verses, people would be like, "Oh, I know what this. I, I've heard this before." Um, so. I know immediately to me, as I was reading this passage, as we were reading it together, you know, we were reflecting on some of it. Um, you know, I was drawn to, in verse one, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Speak um, to me. <laughs> Preach that word, brother. And, and some, some of like the things that came to my mind as I was reading this God is our refuge and strength. It's supposed to communicate to us that God is the source of our protection. Mm. He's He's the source, particularly from from dangers and even storms. So it's not just like this this physical, like from rain or from from snowy blizzards, but you know, talking about the turmoils of life. Mm. Like we're talking about anxiety. We're talking about stress. Um, and depression so god is our refuge but he's also our strength he's he's mm. our might he's the source of of our strength and you know i was i was reading a little bit that god is my refuge and my strength it's supposed it's supposed to help us like recall and remember what are the times that god has demonstrated his strength in my life so that it helps us uh, you know moving forward and then this is a very present help in trouble. Mm-hmm. So that very present, it's supposed to be an intensified word that tells us that God is absolutely with you. There's like mm-hmm. no question, mm-hmm. no doubt, no uncertainty that God will leave you. It's not he's going to be there with you through the thick and through the thin, that he's mm-hmm. going to be present with you uh, no matter what. And what co- what came to my mind when after I read that is that if God is present for us, you know nothing can certainly come against us. Mm-hmm. And I know with your within your particular context of church planting, man, I just my mind immediately went to in Matthew, I think it was Matthew sixteen. Mm-hmm. You know when Jesus when after Peter uh, professes that Jesus is the Christ, he mm-hmm. says. You know, Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church. And then he says, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Mm. And so it's that assurance and that promise that not only God, not only does, is, will God and is God ever present and very present, you know, in what you're going through and what you are pursuing, you and church planting, but it's that the enemy cannot prevail against what God has already promised for you. Yeah, man, I love what you highlighted because uh, really it God's presence in times of trouble. And, and thank you for, for, for sharing that. But what what I got out of what you just shared is God's God's presence in times of trouble. 
mm-hmm. times of distress, mm-hmm. um, funnels his refuge or his protection and strength. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, man, this this game ain't ain't, ain't for <laughs> quitters for sure. You know, and 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 as I, as I th- think about this psalm in particular, what I would what I really like, Josh, is verses four and seven. Um, it starts out with saying that there's a river and it mm. delights in the city of Jerusalem, and and speaking about Jerusalem, really, that's it, it's speaking to God's covenant people in the Old Testament, and the river is recalling the Garden of Eden when there was a river in in the Garden of Eden and the presence of God was there before sin entered the universe. Hmm. So Psalm 46, 4 through 7, um, is dreaming up what Jerusalem and a restored world will be like, namely when we have the presence of God with us and El Señor Jesucristo on his throne. Yeah. And having restored the entire universe, mm. so so to me, that gives me a sense of assurance mm-hmm. that like yo, no matter what happens, like mm-hmm. no matter what we do with our work, at 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 the end of the day, God will restore the world. Mm-hmm. Even if I don't see immediate fruit right now, I could be sure in that. Yeah, and I'm glad that when I come to God's presence, He reminds me of that. Mm-hmm. And other thing that man just sticks out to me in verses eight through eleven um, is that the the psalmist tells us how God has redeemed His people in the past. So in verse yeah. ten, He says, "Stop fighting and know that I am God," mm. and that's in the CSB version. And I love that because that in the Hebrew or the original, when this was originally written, stop fighting is really saying cease. Hmm. Stop what you're doing and relax. It's almost like it's saying relax and know Mm. that I'm God. And when I think about myself, man, I just think about that. Many times I need to just stop striving. And I need to really cultivate God's presence mm-hmm. so that my character is formed in the midst of my character, in the midst of my circumstance. Yeah. So, mm. yeah. And, and, and let me say this one more thing. And yeah. his presence, mm-hmm. when it's cultivated in our lives, becomes reminds us that it's a foretaste of what's to come when it's all said and done anyways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, so his presence now brings restoration, but it's also a foretaste of the ultimate restoration of all things. So, right. I don't know, man. That just encourages me today. I honestly, I'm kind of down today. So, yeah, man. And, and just to piggyback off, you know, I guess the, the final thought is in, in that reminder, it gives us enough hope for today and sometimes that's what we need just to get through the day so what you're saying is if you don't tap into the presence you won't have hope if you don't have hope then you can't move with god's presence 
<laughs> I was gonna say if you don't have the presence, you can't have hope for the <laughs> present. And you can't fulfill God's purpose for your life. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy man, people think we're crazy, bro. Hey, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. It's all good, man. Well, man, I think that that's a good place for us to to kind of park things. Uh, any final words? I don't know why I said park things out. Is that an expression? <laughs> this is this is a good time to land land the plane. Do you have any final words? Oh man, I just. For for you or for our listeners? For our listeners or if you want to encourage me. Or it really encouraged me if you told me, you know what? I feel what you're doing. I'm moving down, cuz. <laughs> you gotta take that up with my other bishop. <laughs> <laughs> so unless you unless you're gonna say that, cuz, then you know. Man, I I would I mean for both for you and for our listeners too who who might be, you know, going through it. Um I'd say that God has God has hope for you to get through today. Um I'm going to borrow this from one of my one uh from a sermon I heard uh from a preacher by the name of Kokisha Bailey Robinson. She's the mm. daughter of the late Dr. E.K. Bailey, mm. I heard in a sermon, she said one time, just because you've been delayed doesn't mean you've been denied. <clears throat> so I know sometimes things feel like they're delayed or they're delayed, but it doesn't mean that your purpose and God's plan for you has been denied. Mm. So I would say, um, you know, in the moment, it's OK to rest. I'd say like like the psalmist says, be still. I would say take that take that up and be still for a moment um and just remember that God's plan is still at work in your life and he'll give you enough hope for today um so that you can continue on for tomorrow mm. and that's good man I got nothing else to say to that man <laughs> so so check this out if this is your first time listening to La Ventanita Podcast, you want to say welcome. Check out the previous episode. Uh, Josh, thank you for this conversation. Thank you for uh, processing this with me today. Um, but that's our time for La Ventanita Experience. Uh, this podcast um, is a podcast that is documenting me, Jeremy, um, as I plant the light West Palm Beach on the south side of West Palm Beach with the team. Shout out to the team. Shout out. And there are three ways that you, the listener, especially Josh, can get involved. You can go. That means you can join the church. You can give. You can donate to the ministry as we do this work. And I didn't have another G. You could pray for us. It's probably the most important thing. I don't know. Is there a G word for prayer? Uh, Not that I can think. I'm going to look this up right now, though. Yeah, look up a synonym. I don't know. But if you want to be part of... If you want to be part of the Light West Palm Beach, as Josh looks for that synonym 
for prayer with a word that starts with a G. We want you to look at the show notes for our contact and giving info. Also, email us at laventanitapodcast at gmail.com for any preguntas, any comments about this show. Please do not send no hate mail. I don't know if I can take that right now, to be honest. Yeah, for real, for real. That's real, bro. Um, but La plena. if you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a high rating on all streaming platforms. Uh, this uh, podcast, again, was brought to you by World Outspoken. World Outspoken is a nonprofit preparing the Mestizo Church for cultural change in our congregations, communities, and cities. And a podcast that I want you to check out is one called The Mixed Take. Did I say that right? The Mixed Take, that's the right. The Mixed Take. It's hosted by my boy, uh, Robert Rivera, and uh, my homegirl, Dani Alicea. And there they discuss how the mixing of cultures and heritages in America, in America influence film, television, and other forms of media and entertainment. So go check them out on worldoutspoken.com and look at the other content that will help you, um, that will help disciple you. Man, I'm totally reading this, but that's okay, man. We're going to keep that. That's all right, bro. We're going to keep it in. We're going to keep it in, man. So anyways, love you I couldn't find that G word, bro. I'm sorry. I couldn't find the G word. I would just say groan in prayer. Come on. Because <laughs> you know that the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us. So just so you know, you can go. You can give <laughs> and you can grow in prayer by praying That's for right. us at the Light West Palm Beach. Alright, man. That's our time, y'all. Peace.